HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food and drink lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Volpe. I'm Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. What's up, gentlemen? Happy freaking holidays. Happy alcoholidays. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say it's it's holiday side hustle season, but uh, I, I have a pretty good idea of what Souther's going to say when I ask, what are you side hustling on these days? Uh, I mean, you know, it's uh, that time of year. So I dropped another bitters. It's called Garden Party. It's uh, cucumber, basil and ginger. I got a thousand bottles of it that I'm hand numbering and autographing as they ship them out the door. And uh, they're available uh, through the links on all of my social media and, and even on the Speakeasy podcast. Uh, instagram so uh you know i'm flying through those it's it's it happens every year and it's great thanks do you guys find that it's just like that something about transitioning from like okay like thanksgiving's over the leftovers are all done i've had my last turkey sandwich it's like now all of a sudden it's like okay now all that stuff that i'd sort of been like i'll deal with it later i'll deal with it later i'll deal with it later like all of the all of the like extra money making schemes that you've come up, all your get rich quick schemes for the holidays are like oh shit now i gotta actually like put that into gear and do it yeah. yeah it's uh it's a lot you know like and also my my little book comes out every year at this time i've got a book called let's get blitz and it's holiday cocktails and you know it gets re-released every christmas time so that's also on my website it's just i don't know it's great i love that people are interested and i love that people you know still um get into it but you're right it's like this is already a very busy time of year and then you tack on these things that you kind of have to do to make you know the world your financial world come together <laughs> it's like this is my holiday bonus, but I have to work really hard for it. <laughs> exactly. It's not just a given. Yeah. How about you, Greg? Uh, I actually, I'm teaching a class with uh, Uncommon Experiences, which is an offshoot of uh, Uncommon Goods, basically Etsy, but uh, it doesn't suck. Um, and <laughs> I'm doing a couple classes on the history of the Bloody Mary and the history of Irish coffee. So kind of like 
teach it about like where brunch drinks came from, uh, how they got to their current forms, crucially how to make and enjoy them. And uh, it's in it's in concert with another little project that I'm not quite at liberty to talk about yet. But um, yeah, it's it's I'm looking forward to it. Like Souther, I know you're kind of where the uh, the I don't like doing Zoom classes hat. I actually kind of like them. I I miss a little bit of that spotlight that I used to have when I was like standing behind the bar five or six days mm-hmm. a week. And it's nice to be able to like go up there and get the best part of that job, which is, you know, making drinks for people who are dialed in and like yakking at them about things that I'm really passionate about. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the only place I have to clean up is my apartment, which is like meditation for me anyway, because I never have the patience to actually sit down and listen to a guided meditation app for 10 minutes. So, you know, <laughs> it's as close as I ever come to being like fully, emotionally and mentally zen it's nice i like it i'm gonna be i'm gonna be i'm gonna be holly jolly christmas here you guys can scrooge it up if you want but this is my this is my chance to be like i like side hustle season i'm gonna say bring it on i've flipped my coin on the zoom bit though you know i have that ongoing class with gush called the bitters truth where we make bitters uh uh, with no 40 or 50 people that are in the class it's pretty rad but it's only once a month i don't have to think about it you know too much Back when we were having to do Zoom classes, when I, you know, I, don't, I just don't like when I have to do something. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. I did 42 Zoom classes during the pandemic because that's how I had to survive. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say that the true mark, the true mark of success isn't being able to do whatever the hell you want to do. It's being able to say no to the things you don't want to do. That's Indeed. like, yeah. that's the mark for me. But yeah, yeah I like, I, you know, we all got kind of forced into that corner and that into the uh, kind of like Zoom party. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying now because I kind of miss it now. I, I kind of miss that kind of strangeness of that that era, <laughs> you know, like where it was. <laughs> um, but it's you know, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, well, we're all just we're all just alone in our little pods, and like, there's also something weird about like you know, you create this this convivial bar like atmosphere, and at the end of the day, you're like, okay, thanks very much, and you click like leave meeting, and then all of a sudden you're just alone in your own apartment and like a little tipsy, <laughs> and you're like, whoa, this is weird. It's like being on a roller coaster that just suddenly screeches to a halt. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just thinking about the uh yeah. the fact that like it's it's weird when you look back after the Zoom meeting and you realize you just had a bunch of cheekies by yourself. Like yeah. <laughs> you didn't you didn't clean copitas with anyone and somehow there's like a half bottle of mezcal missing and you were doing a class on the bloody mary and that's, you know, it. <laughs> anyway. that's it right there who did that yeah. what happened all here? of us <laughs> uh, i don't know we all we all deserve the right to like get a little get a little basic and get a little drunk every now and again and uh speaking of getting basic yeah. uh Souther, who do we have in the studio with us today man we got our good buddy jay zimmerman who owns basic and second son right here in brooklyn and we're stoked to have you back on the show with us jay welcome to the virtual studio no pizza for you this time buddy oh thank you very much for having me i know i should have brought my own pizza byop <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe one of these times we'll get pizza delivered to all of us at the same time and we can be in the virtual studio we can, you know we can have our cheekies and our pizza alone together you know, actually, that's not a bad idea. Roberta's does uh, they do pizzas. frozen pizzas. Yeah, so they can yeah. ship it cross-country for me. Yeah. Great. All right. We'll line, we'll line that up for next time. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. It's nice having you back on the show. And, uh, dude, you've got some kind of big news. I mean, like, it's my favorite number. And my favorite number, 11. Uh, you just hit your 11th anniversary with BASIC. Is that correct? Yeah, man. Yeah, we just, uh, on, no- on November 18th, uh, we hit 11 years here. And 
like it kind of feels like a hundred years and you know one year all at the same time um but it's been quite a run and you know we survived the pandemic and i know you guys were kind of gabbing about you know zoom classes and stuff beforehand um and you know we got we got through that phase and are back to pretty much normal business which is great awesome that's great to hear man yeah so what did you do for your uh your 11th anniversary party did you did you get to like actually have a celebration after a couple of years of not necessarily being able to yeah man i mean we kind of i i, I was a bit lazy with it if i'm being honest but i <laughs> I, threw, I threw together a party and had an old friend of ours come by and i want to say spin records but kind of play music on you know from their library on an ipad and you know we a lot of good old regulars who don't even live in new york anymore uh made the effort to come by and, and wow toast with us which was really nice um so it ended up being like a full room for our, the entire night i stayed up way later than i'm used to staying up these days and you know paid for it but it was fun had a great time nice. we're all none of us 23 anymore though we continue to drink like it it's true <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I drink better at least i know what to drink now and and how to but it still seems to sneak up on me from time to time <laughs> oh man yeah uh i've learned nothing um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you had a big party. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't remember what day of the week it was, but I was I, I had to work, so I couldn't make it out there. But yeah. um, but th I think some of the bigger news is that uh, Liquor.com released their first. Uh, I guess they're going to do it annually. Sort of. Um, what, what do they call it? The Liquor.com Awards, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Basic took best neighborhood bar in America. That's pretty fucking incredible. And I think that's a testament to why people might travel from out of state or out of city to come to your birthday party because you're so beloved. Yeah, man, that was, um, it's quite the thing. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to really still wrap my head around. I know it's been a few months since this, since this happened, uh, but it was, it's a quite the feather in the cap and it felt really nice to get a bit of recognition after, you know, over a decade of, of truly hard work. And it's, it's, as you guys know, not easy. Um, it's never been easy and at times it's more difficult than others. So, if someone, you know, goes out of their way to say, hey, like you've done a good job, that feels nice, you know, and, I, and it feels sure. also, it feels good that th this category, that best neighborhood bar, which seems to have, you know, given, you know, new life in recent years or this kind of thought of not necessarily a high-end cocktail bar, not necessarily a dive bar, but somewhere you can kind of spend a lot of time comfortably and, uh, you know, more than once a week, um, has kind of versioned into this entire category and it feels nice to be recognized in that way. Yeah. How do you imagine, you know, like, because Amori Margo and the bars that I run don't really have that. You said twice a week, like my bars don't generate that kind of regular. I have plenty of regulars, but they don't come more than once a week. You know, how do you cultivate that sort of atmosphere and how do you kind of keep it going? Cause uh, you know, I, I know people who post up at your bar at specific times on specific days, because that's just where they're expected to be. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is location, I think. Um, just where we are in Brooklyn, it's a bit more, you know, residential and neighborhoody, and there's maybe not as many options as East Village for sure. Um, so, you know, people find a place they like and find a place that's comfortable. We try and keep the place, the room comfortable and safe for everyone is a big, is a big thing. And clean and, um, you know, good music, good lighting. Um, so you're not really committing to one thing or another if you're going to basic. You could you can be sure that there will be a friendly bartender and likely a friendly face or two sitting at the bar with you, which is uh, always a good thing to bet on. 
Well, even, I mean, we were just talking about that whole, you know, two-year period where we're mostly just seeing people through through our computer screens. But, like, yeah. on the occasions when I would reach out and, like, uh, you know, uh, branch out and brave sitting in a backyard, you know, within close proximity of another human being, shocker of shockers, like, you know, Basic was one of my favorite spots to go because y'all had that good backyard there that had some open space. And it had that it didn't feel as if you'd had to cram a square peg of what it was into a round hole. Like it still very much felt like, okay, like this is still the same basic experience that I remember. And that was uh, not a pivot that a lot of people were able to make, which I, I think is kind of a testament to like what y'all have built over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, yes. Uh, it could also mean like, oh, well, we were just always built for, you know, the world not operating in the way it's supposed to. <laughs> But no, man, we, I mean, we did a lot of things to, and those early couple of weeks when we were first reopening, we could only serve outside. We were very fortunate to have the outdoor space, you know, and have people who wanted to sit out and, and get back out there. Um, I also managed to keep a shift the entire time during the pandemic um, and serve all of my regulars and friends, um, which was kind of a, you know, a unique experience, but still super fun, not exactly teaching classes, but it was all on zoom. And, mm. um, I, I always, I always work Monday nights. I've worked Monday nights here. Mondays. So, yeah. We call it Mondays, which is a cheeky, uh, silly way to get people to remember that I work on Mondays, but it's, I don't get fun. it. It's, it's too, it's too clever. It's going over my head. You'll have to well, explain it to me I'll explain it to you later, buddy. Any, any J of the week, really, Benson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I kept, I keep my Mondays and it became really evident to me early on in the pandemic. You know, we closed in March, uh, March 16th and, you know, by April, May, you know, you kept hearing from people how much they missed just kind of socializing and being around other people and, you know, not just sitting in their apartment. So I decided to set up a Zoom call every Monday night from uh, like 8 p.m. till midnight or so. Um, and I just started inviting all of our regulars. And then that kind of expanded out to friends from around the country, around the world. And I kept my Monday shift and I kept a, a way for people to kind of socialize and talk with other people and, and keep that banter going. Um, and, you know, it was it was super fun. And a lot of people made friends out of that that they would have never, ever met. Um, you know, it ended up being around 25 or 35 people every week just kind of hanging around. And I kept trying to drive conversation. But... Um, it was a lot of fun, you know, and then we, you know, had a couple drinks, you know, during those, those sessions. So eventually <laughs> <laughs> I was doing this in my kitchen, uh, initially. And then my wife was, uh, was very polite, but said, you know, as much fun as it is listening to you get drunk with your friends once a week for a few hours, uh, <laughs> maybe you could, <laughs> maybe you could take it down to the bar. So I ended up just coming and opening the bar and sitting in here by myself and, and bartending for all intents and purposes for which which is convenient because you you basically live upstairs right yeah yeah i live right next door which is great yeah so easy enough for you to come down and do that and get out of her hair yeah. i mean i think that's incredible and that's i surely if you had people who are chiming in from not not even here in the city that has to be a a, a way that you pierced the uh, you know pierced into the world of best neighborhood bar you were you were suddenly the neighborhood bar for everybody yeah, you know, in a way, um, and that was never the design, but it kind of morphed into that, and it felt really, uh, it felt really comfortable, um, and which is wonderful now because uh, now that we're back and operating normally, I'll have you know bartender friends from wherever, it's Austin, Texas, or San Francisco, or Seattle, 
who are on some of those Munjay calls and they'll saunter in to have a drink when they're in town and they'll see regulars that have nothing to do with the bar industry, but are there to have a drink and kind of, you know, have a conversation. Oh, we met online and it's great to see yeah. you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's great. So like expanded this network of people through this bar, um, which really feels like a, a, a nice thing. You know, there's got to be like a dating app idea in there somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, I could. I should host a reality show about virtual <laughs> at a bar. Yeah, we met from afar. That's yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I listen. I think this is brilliant, and and the thing is, I think the the brilliance of it is its lack of contrivity you know you didn't contrive this you didn't set out to make that happen i just think it's it's your nature uh, to be a friendly person and welcoming into your space and to open it up in that way during that time certainly i think she had some you know maybe notoriety on you from 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 a thing like liquor.com or whatever do you yeah. even know how you got looped into all of that uh, like no man honestly i have no idea and i thought um i thought that i was just you know having a joke played on me um uh, Mike, our, our buddy, Alexis Doctolero, who works for liquor.com, reached out and said, and, and told me that, you know, hey, you're a finalist for this award. We're putting together this award show. Just wanted to put it on your radar. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. You know, um, I, 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 I don't say I didn't believe her. I just, it was just so far beyond the realm of possibility for me. Um, unlike, I mean, you guys are a little bit more practiced with being in those worlds. Um, and so it was, it, was, it was a new thing for me. Um, and then eventually, you know, a couple of weeks before uh, the awards, the, not, or the winners came out, they reached out and said, hey, you won. And I patently didn't believe them. Uh, I just, I, I said, I, this can't really be an actual thing. And it, it was, it turned out to be very, very real and, you know, feel very fortunate and, uh, and very grateful for whoever voted for us. So if you're out there, thanks. <laughs> Well, and then I got to see you. The, they held the awards ceremony. It wasn't even really an awards ceremony. I expected to go into the thing and have like a time when they were like, and the winners are, you know. Yeah. But it was just uh, three floors at, at um, oh gosh, why am I forgetting that? Crown Shy and, and Overstory uh, and uh, uh, just bars. And your bar was one of them. And Happy Accidents, Kate came up from, you know, Albuquerque. And um, uh, I don't even remember all the bars that were that were you know Dale DeGroff was up on the top floor doing doing a redo of the Rainbow Room and right. it was a really really fun event and luckily it was held right here in New York so we we got to go. Yeah, I mean, so they uh, kind of a funny story, Damon. You'll appreciate this, but um, when when they reached out to us about this award, you know, presentation essentially, so you're presenting your bar amongst the other winners. Um, you know, we're setting up next to some really heavy hitting cocktail destinations in the United States, uh, Cafe La Trova, PCH, you know, Halo out in Portland, um, Happy Accidents, Katana Kitten. Uh, and they asked us what we wanted to serve. And so I tried <laughs> to stay as true to basic as we possibly could. And so we served <laughs> one of our cocktails and, and then I requested that we serve shots of Tapatio and High Life Ponies. There you go. Good. Thanks. So we into it. And, you know, you walk around the party and everyone's sipping and trying a different cocktail, but seemingly everyone also had a bottle of beer and uh, a little tequila with them uh, throughout the night. That's great. <laughs> oh, oh, I can second that. Everyone had a cocktail in one hand and a pony in the other. You yeah. guys were, were I mean, not I, to be no, missed. I just feel like if I'm at a party like that, I generally, I kind of just want a cold beer sometimes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. That's great, man. <laughs> well, 
I want to talk a little bit about Second Son too, because uh, you know we kind of be remiss yeah. to not mention uh, that. I know that this got this awesome accolade for basic, but Second Son, man, uh, it must have been equally popular there in like you actually have like a pretty decent outdoor area at Second Son as well, right? Yeah, yeah, we have a, a nice backyard there with this big kind of uh, I don't say iconic, but very noticeable giant neon sign that says Queens, which is very kind of yeah. an Instagrammable moment um, back there. And, and Second Son's been open, you know, eight years also already. Um, Jesus. It's wild. Wow. That, that is crazy. So, yeah, these <laughs> Time is fucking meaningless, guys. And, and, but Second Son's doing great. And Astoria, it's in Queens, actually. It's a, it's a, it's a very different neighborhood than Williamsburg. Yeah. And uh, we have a bit more of a kitchen and, you know, servers and the whole thing. It's a bit more of a restaurant, you know, feel. Um, but it's still it's still kicking along. Yeah, thanks, man. That's great to hear. I remember uh, meeting up with you and a bunch of other people at like Pete's or somewhere in like uh, like yeah. the Union Square area to talk about Second Son. And I was going to jump on the team to open it up, but then I decided to open up Grand Army. Yeah, I know. I remember, <laughs> it, was, it was a big coup for me. I was I had this whole roster of people. I was like, no way, these people would ever pull a shift out in Queens. But <laughs> everyone sort of agreed, and we got as far as as a, a quote unquote staff meeting uh, over a couple of Guinnesses at Pete's, which. The, the afternoon was worth it in and of itself so. for sure yeah. that's awesome man and, and like how how did that work out i mean you know obviously like basic uh there's some like small bar food but were you guys doing like a lot of like to-go food uh from second son during the pandemic <laughs> you know we a, a little bit um it's just not really in our dna i don't think if you think what really is our makeup is, you know, experience and, and how it really yeah. makes you feel. So, um, you know, I've never been keen on, you know, the, the tape just kind of ticking with seamless orders or people coming in with their backpacks to pick up whatever. Um, not that, you know, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum there, but it's just not really for us. And, uh, you know, we just were anxious to survive and get people back in within those four walls. Did you just say yuck anyone's yum? Yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Is is that not an accepted uh, term? I've just never heard it before, and I love that. Oh, you guys never heard that before? I love that. I haven't haven't heard it. It was very charming. It's like hearing, like, uh, you know, one of your one of your uh, grandfather's old beloved phrases from like the 1940s. I was just like, wow, that's been a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Give me five bees for a quarter. (laughs) Um, My favorite. Yeah. Well, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum here, but we should probably take a break <laughs> to hear from some of our sponsors. But uh, Jay, there's a lot of other stuff we want to talk to you about, including ba- uh, balancing bartending and parenthood. But that's going to be coming up after these brief messages. So stay tuned to the Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. Cheers. You've heard us talk about the Diageo Bar Academy on the show for quite some time now. And what's really cool about it is it's all free. You can go to the website and check out all these great things. There's all these master classes, e-learning. The cool thing is a lot of these classes actually take less than like 30 minutes. So if you're on the subway or if you're on your break from the bar, you can go on and learn something very quickly. I mean, yeah, how I cool think those that? are the two. I think those are the two best parts about the whole thing, that it's free and that it's on demand. And of course, that it's for everybody, whether you're an experienced bartender looking for new inspirations and trends or you're just starting out or even if you're just uh, an enthusiast, you don't even have to work in the field. Just get on there and get all this education. Like uh, life's all about being educated, right, Greg? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the one thing that that we say a lot on this show is that, you know, if you're at a point where you feel like you've stopped learning, then, you know, you you've you're 
you're dried up, you're tapped out, it's time to go. It's time to find another room to be in. But, you know, I, why would you with so much great stuff on Diageo Bar Academy to learn about? I feel like every time I go there, there's something that I discover that I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that this existed. Uh, whether that's, you know, a new way of uh, measuring out your pores or whether that is their virtual bar, which they also have, which yeah. is just wild to me that we're, you know, I, I never see myself as a metaverse guy, but I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I learned something new about myself today. We live in the future. Well, also, we should mention this too, that, you know, cocktails are constantly changing. We're also learning modern things while we're learning more about the past as well. You know, we're constantly digging deeper researching more so what you thought you might know about the Sazerac for instance uh you, there's new information out there pretty often so go always be learning right yeah absolutely ABL always be learning and where to do that <laughs> is diageobaracademy.com that's d-i-a-g-e-o baracademy.com uh go get it it's free and it's on demand And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. And in the studio today, our good buddy, Jay Zimmerman. We were talking about BASIC and we we're talking about Second Son. And speaking of, you know, like like having your hands full with two bars during a pandemic and, and then winning this award. I mean, like you, you've got your hands full with like your parenthood, too. How does that work out, man? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a magnificent, magnificent life experience. Um and I'm very, very grateful that it's happened at all. Uh, after a lot, a lot of trying, lots of years of heartache. Um, yeah, my wife and I were able to adopt a baby girl this July. She was born July 1st. So mm -hmm. she's about five months now. And um, yeah. yeah, so like balancing all the, the nightlife and, you know, taking care of her throughout the day. My wife also, she's a school teacher and she works full time. So it's kind of like daddy daycare during the day. And then she comes home and takes care of her. And I try and get as much done uh, at the bar as I can. Um, but it's, but it's been, you know, it's been pretty good. I, I, I think very fortunately, you know, because of the age of the bars and they've kind of, they have this life that, uh, you know, they kind of breathe on their own, uh, gives me the space to not have to be here every moment of every day and can kind of manage a lot of it, uh, from home and, and watch her at the same time, which is, which is really nice. Um, I, I will say like on Monday nights when I work, uh, that's it's nice to have a couple hours by myself, or you know, to just be a robot behind the bar and do my thing. But Tuesday mornings have become a bit more more difficult. Sure. <laughs> well, again, you've got kind of the I don't know the platonic ideal of the setup, you know, that we all envision in our minds. You've got your family. You live basically right upstairs from the bar. Like that's gotta that's gotta help a lot. It does. It does. And you know, you got to have this massive support system, no matter how well-prepared you think you are um the it takes a village thing is a very very real concept um and we, and we have you know a really amazing um i don't want to say babysitter she's more of a, like a friend of ours that that watches um my daughter a couple times a week just for a few hours so i can steal away um and, and do some admin stuff at the bar and what have you um and her name is julia and she does a great job and, and my daughter really loves her a lot which is wonderful uh, that you know that gives you space to breathe also um and then you know friends coming by and helping or just visiting joanne when she's home alone with the baby and stuff like that so uh you know it, it takes more than just the two of you yeah sure and i sure. can imagine that like you know as you said there was some some difficulty getting to where you wanted to be with that but at the same time it seems like the timing was probably pretty good probably would have been a little bit more difficult to have a, a brand new baby 
five to seven years ago when the bar was maybe still kind of struggling and you had to be there a lot more, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can only imagine that uh, things happen for a reason and they, they come in and out, the experiences come in and out of your life when they're supposed to. So, you know, I, I, I don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I just really am, am very grateful for the moment we have now. And I, I also have no idea what, you know, life's going to look like in six months or a week or you know five years from now. So just kind of doing the best we can. And, uh, but I think, yeah, having the bars be where they are you know, in their life cycle uh, was very, very helpful. And, you know, and having people like Russell who've been with us for 10 years and able to handle a lot of stuff if I need to step away um, for a moment were, was great, you know? Um, and I, I took a month away this summer to go to meet her essentially when my daughter was born. So, mm -hmm. you know, that was really helpful to have everyone kind of pick up a little bit of slack where I had to drop it and uh, I didn't have to worry very much about it. That, I mean, that alone is incredible as well. Who'd have thought 10 years ago that Russell Dillon would be a guy you could rely on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a gut feeling and, and uh, it's, you know, he's taught me to be a gambling man, but uh, it's so, <laughs> down our he's, he's taught me how to lose at gambling. He's taught me. <laughs> He's taught me the envy you feel when you see someone else buy things with your money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, by and large, you have to get really lucky with staffing and bars. And oh um, yeah. And you know, I love our team, and we've had very, very little turnover in the decade uh, plus here. Um, Russ being the most notable, being here for ten years, and mm -hmm. you know, sometimes just strike it rich. You just you know, you find gold. So. Sure. Uh, we're very, very fortunate that way. Do you do you find the same uh, uh, level of attrition at Second Son, or, or is this just lightning in a bottle? Um, it's it's different because of the size. So just in the sheer number of people it takes to run that place, it's it's mm -hmm. a bit harder to have steady eddy people. But we have, yeah, we've had people that you know put in four or five, six years there, and yeah. you know I, I hope that that's a testament to who. I and my business partner Derek are to work for, um, but you know, in the in the end, you gotta you gotta create an environment that is productive for everybody, yourself included, uh, and mm -hmm. making sure that people have the ability to make a good living, but not uh, not hate wanting to come to work. <laughs> right? Yeah. If it's gonna be Ain't something you gotta dream. do, it may as well be. Yeah. If if it's gonna be something you've got to do, it may as well be enjoyable, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a real thing, though. I mean, you you have people you speak to in this industry, specifically bartenders. I, I feel like managers for to a different degree, but that have jobs that really stuff their pockets full, and they just can't stand going to work. You know, they just, yeah. it's just not a fun experience, and I, I don't think that's desirable for anybody. Yeah, nobody likes a golden cage, man. I've definitely worked in those spots where it's like, yep. man, I can make like 70K a year working in this one bar three days a week, but I just dread those three days so much. And, you know, your your quality of life goes up so much if like maybe you take a little bit of a pay cut, but you actually like enjoy the process of doing this thing. Because, I mean, we none of us would... None of us would choose this life that is purposely more difficult than other paths if there wasn't some part of it that we loved. And I think it's important not to lose sight of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I hope that that basic specifically is just a room that um, that you can kind of let that part of yourself flourish, you know? Um, I, I remember a specific situation where we had a friend 
come and guest bartend with us one night. He was, and he worked at, you know, a golden cage is a really great way to put it. I love that. I'm going to hold on to that. Um, yep. But he worked at this uh, very busy part of the city and he came, we were kind of, you know, shaking up drinks and having a fun night and around like midnight or so he kind of looked over to me and was like, Hey, when do you, uh, when do all the assholes come in? And we like do this thing. And I'm like, no, nah, man, that's really, that's really happened here. That's just not what was cultivated. And he's like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, I like everyone I'm talking to. I was like, yeah, it can be like that all the time. You know, um, it, 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 it was a nice compliment in, in its own way. Do you think you could, and I, I'm betting the answer is no, but do you think you could sum up in some short words how how you've created that atmosphere because i think that is a shock for a lot of bartenders that they that they don't have to be combative they don't have to like put on their armor to go to work yeah. in every situation um you know the only way i could sum it up is, it's kind of the way i describe the design of the bar too um is i essentially just built a bar i wanted to go to um, hmm. there was no there was no kind of greedy thoughts behind it and you know, I wanted to make as much money as possible, obviously, but it wasn't about this being this golden calf. We just wanted it to be a comfortable, good spot and hope that, you know, that feeling would breed income. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted it to be somewhere where I felt comfortable going. And I guess that was good enough for people to want to come also. Yeah. Yeah, it is a great bar and you do walk in and you feel like, all right, yeah, this is a place I can hang for quite a while. It's got an airy feel, even though it isn't isn't particularly large it's got that backyard that's amazing um and then of course i think what really what really drives it home and for any quote-unquote neighborhood bar and again you are now the, the best neighborhood bar in america is the personalities that are behind the bar and everybody behind that bar is very kind yeah man thank you for saying that um it's true i mean if you take the people out from behind the bar it's just four walls right mm -hmm. um and you know a, a great lesson i learned very early on in my hospitality career uh from a gm of a hotel i was working for um, was that like, you know, our, our whiskey tastes the same as the whiskey down the street and it's, it, they're coming from the same bottles and same distilleries, but how you serve it and how you handle your guests is really what makes the experience. So, uh, I try to yeah. take that part. I think another thing about basic, I got to see it while it was under construction, which I, I always love to be able to do that. You know, mm -hmm. if, if I have a friend who's opening up a new spot and, I like to see like the process, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't know, it's exciting as someone who has done it myself, but also like, you know, restored classic cars and things like that. I like to see the process. And what I realized is that that door never closed. The front door is always open. And it's like that to me is a, a really important part of a great like neighborhood bar or welcoming bar. It's like even when it's, you know, the middle of winter and the door is actually closed, it's like, it still feels, it still feels like it's open, you know, it's, it's always open. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's, it's kind of been a, a, you know, to borrow a term from uh, a, a great bar in Albuquerque, uh, a happy accident was that the, the wells, <laughs> you know, these windows that look out onto the street. So, you know, it's hard for me to have a conversation with someone without constantly waving at uh, a mm -hmm. neighborhood fixture walking by. Yeah, I think that's a real linchpin to your situation too. Is just the you know the, the look of the space and that wide open window. And you're right. Every time I walk by, I glance in, and if there's anybody that waves at me, I typically well, I may as well walk in. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got time for. And one. We, we have a fair amount of neighborhood people who go out of their way to walk on the other side of the street, so they don't feel tempted to come in. <laughs> yeah, I I think I 
would have to say that uh, admittedly I've done that before because I know if I walk over there, I'm going to, mm-hmm. there goes my afternoon. Um, <clears throat> and maybe some of my money if Russell's working. Um, well, listen, speaking of giving Russell my money, uh, one of the things you listed you wanted to talk about today was the art of giving, uh, the art of gift giving and how it applies to hospitality. You want to get into that a little bit? I'm curious, especially given that it's now that time of year. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I figured it was just kind of appropriate given, you know, that we're staring down holiday season. Um, and we can talk about that. It's like one of, I have two superpowers in this world and, you know, one of them is gift giving. It's just like my favorite thing to do. And, and I think it's, it really applies to being hospitable in so much as I think gift giving is just an extension of listening. Right. And, and like, having conversations with people and like picking up on something that they will maybe hint at and remembering that or writing it down and then kind of presenting them with something um, that has to do with that, you know, for an occasion. Um, and that's how, I mean, it's hospitality in its purest sense, right? It's just mm. taking someone's wants or needs and, and giving it to them in a way that um, whether it benefits you or not. So yeah, this is like the season to do it. Yeah. I love, helping people figure out gifts for their significant others. Or I love, you know, my, my wife gets really upset at how much money I will, will waste, as she would say, um, on Christmas <laughs> gifts. But it's like, it makes me happy. It makes me as happy as it makes her, you know? So, uh, yeah, this I love this season for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I would point out, uh, we talked about it off air, but the, the headphones that I'm wearing right now, you gave to me for Christmas, I guess, three years ago now. And I, yeah. still, use them every, I still use them every week for the show. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I stopped in. Uh, I, I think it was when I was doing the holiday uh, situation, the holiday market at Union Square, which I ended up really regretting. But I would stop in every night because it was my first opportunity to go to the bathroom. I had no right. bathroom breaks for, for my eight to 10 hour days out there. And uh, and you were like, hey, I got these beats by Dre. Would you, would you use these? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, absolutely. So after you bombed his bathroom, after being... <laughs> At work all day. It was usually and just having to pee, David. He gave you a gift. Uh, I mean, I would always come in and get a beer and a, a beer and a tequila, and okay. uh, you know, I'd hang for a minute. I, I, I was just, unfortunately I cruise by and go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just cruise by and wreck the bathroom. Uh, you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> Those windows do come with a drawback. Yeah, <laughs> see the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well. Speaking of, uh, what are some of your uh, your holiday? What's the Chase Zimmerman holiday gift guide for 2022? Oh man, that's it's, it's got a, it's a personal thing, Damon. So like, <laughs> it it's really depends on who it's for, you know. Um, and I don't think gifts need to be elaborate. I think they can be, you know, very very simple. They can be experiences. They can uh, they can run the gamut, you know. And I think if in the end, if your intention is, is purely to uh, to uplift someone and, and to kind of make their day a bit, then it really doesn't matter what you're giving them. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all about gift cards. Just everyone gets gift cards. That's, like, it's actually, <laughs> no, no, I, I couldn't do that, man. Gift cards are like the, uh, they're kind of like the bless your heart of gifts. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's like you gave me a gift, but it's also, it's kind of like a huge fuck you. Like, you know, you know what? Though, like, man, I, got, I, I got you some money, but it's less useful than regular money. Yeah, so I, here I, you go. I, I want to tell you exactly where to spend that money. Um, you know, I, I will, I will come to the defense of the gift card. Uh, since we've uh, had, had a child, my wife and I have been, you know, big people have been very, very generous in giving us things for her. And, 
the gift card has its place, man. I mean, you can only have so much shit in a little New York City apartment. So if someone gives you a piece of plastic that says, hey, get what you want when you want it, that's yeah, very, true. very helpful. Very, very helpful. Yeah, I've always thought they were useful in the like Home Depot way. If you've got a friend who's, I don't know, building something or making something or works in that kind of world, you don't know exactly what to get them, but you know they're probably going to want to get it at Home Depot or something. That's true. That's true. You know, I don't know what drill to buy you, but here's enough money. Go get yourself a drill. I, so uh, I guess I shouldn't send you the Sam Ash gift card for Christmas. <laughs> I'll take it. You, you seem like you need a got... new guitar, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The background of your studio with 20 plus guitars in it, you're looking low. Yeah. Well, you're, you're running low on tough, guitars. <laughs> <laughs> got to tighten those belts. Yeah. Well, you know, I, but you did touch on something. Like, my thing is, as far as, you know, the holiday season goes and, and like birthdays and anytime that there's some sort of gift exchange going on, like, I, I prefer an experience, you know, like it's one thing Same. for, for like you said, Jay, you know, it, whether it's a gift or an experience, I, I go for the experience. And, you know, for me, I just want to have time with my friends, yep. you know, that's, that's something that you can't really create or gift uh, in any other way than, than just actually being there for it. And so I think that's probably the most important thing to me during the holiday season is like, you know what, it's like, I could give you this gift card to Keens, or I could just take you there for lunch. Yeah. That kind of thing. If you had the time, which, you know, obviously we don't have enough of, but um, that to me, that's what makes it more important uh, and makes it more special uh, when, when you actually do take the time. So I do appreciate, I appreciate you taking the time to be here on the show today as busy as you are. Oh, thanks. Thanks, man. What's more fleeting than our time, right? And you're exactly. right. Spend it with your friends while you can. I miss spending time with you now that you're out uh, on the West Coast. Same. I, you know, speaking of uh, dropping off the subway, I, I, you know, most days whenever we would be coming back from doing the speakeasy out of Roberta's, I'd take the L train to the F or G or wherever I was going, but I'd, I'd often stop and get out and uh, go to basic and just pop in and see you guys. And that was like the best part, of, the second best part of my day, right, guys? Because the. <laughs> like the first right. good save, good save. <laughs> uh no but i think yeah, honestly it'd be like my first stop after the speakeasy i would pop out see you guys and then just start walking down you know, metropolitan and say hi to some other buddies down the road and have a great day and totally. yeah but it's totally. just a good way to uh to spend time you know just going to the best neighborhood bar in the country yeah <laughs> Thank you. Screaming from the mountaintops. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I feel pretty fortunate that we have it right here in New York. You know, um, I don't know. I'm greedy in that way. I love that we have so many bars that are, are of such high accolades here in the city. And I don't think I'm ever going to tire of trying to go to see them all. So really, really stoked for you and your team. Super well deserved. Um, you know, and like, I don't know, I, I think I said it earlier, your team is just so kind. I think that really makes a difference for a neighborhood bar. Everybody's very welcoming and smiley, and they, they, they draw you in with their kindness. Yeah, thank you, man. And, you know, if you do, if you do like basic or you like another bar in your hometown, go to it. Go to it and go to it frequently because, you know, the not rose-colored, you know, rainbows and butterflies vision of the bar world is you never know how long these places are going to last for whatever mm -hmm. reason. So, um, you know, they won't be there forever. So get well to get it's good. True, true, true. Okay. If you if you if you have a local, support your local. Yeah, that's the deal.
Well, Jay, thanks so much for being with us on this episode of the Speakeasy and spending some time with us and, and talking to us. Uh, really, again, congratulations on the award from Liquor.com for being the best neighborhood bar 2022, basic in Brooklyn. Um, and uh, that's it for this episode of the Speakeasy. Tune into Heritage Radio Network for many more shows just like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate. Uh, keep this show and many others on air. Uh, cheers, everybody. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. So you don't shun the devil with your rock. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. It's gonna get